Hi guys, welcome back to the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast, our ADHD mini series. Talon and I have a special guest who is like a new friend to me um, from Tinder and then Instagram. That's cute. I like that. Um, Bet is here to share their journey with ADHD. So yeah, do, Talon, do you have any questions, thoughts? No. In- intro ideas? No, I don't have any ideas. But tell us about (laughs) yourself. Who are you? Tell us like what ADHD is like for you. Just give us the, give us like the spark notes on how you got here. Um, well, hi everyone. My name's Bet. Um, I live in Eugene, so I don't live in the Portland area, but I'm now friends with Sarah. So that's great. Um, actually got diagnosed with ADHD when I was like 13. Um, super young. Uh, I, I was in, uh, learning disability classes up until fifth grade. And I then trans transitioned into, um, you know, normal classes and, uh, starting to be social with people was really, really hard for me. And, uh, it's still something I struggle with. I think the most now, uh, but that's where actually I like learn how to podcast and that's where a lot of like skills with talking to people come from and playing video games online. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, but, uh, yeah, I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was 13 and I, I had a lot of behavioral issues and problems in school and that's where I saw it the most, um, coming out and men like my parents never understood it and that was the thing they like took me to the doctor to see what was wrong with me and they're like oh adhd great that's fine let's put them on meds and they still never understood like what adhd was and why i was having so much emotional dysregulation and lack of concentration and all the stuff that comes with ADHD. So um, with that, I think it caused me to lash out a lot when I was a teen and I didn't understand myself. Uh, and yeah, now I'm 30 years old and I know so much about ADHD and I, I've learned so much about myself and like I've learned to kind of love it. And I still hate it sometimes, but, you know, it's in my everyday life. And, you know, that's just who I am now. Well, I wouldn't say it's who I am, but it's a part of me, you know? So did, okay. So both Talon and I got diagnosed in later, like late, late, late. I was (laughs) 28 and Talon is not even technically formally diagnosed, but has been confirmed by a um, psychologist. psychologist. (laughs) They just haven't done the testing process, but so we didn't get that insight when we were young. So having had the insight at 13, tell me about like, kind of like what that was like for you to integrate into your younger years. Um, I think it was really nice for me. Uh, well now I like to think it was nice for me, but, um, when I was younger, I still didn't really understand it. And, um, you know, I, I just thought I was going to the doctor for like, I was sick, you know, 
and I didn't understand it because they were like I wasn't really told or being told like much in-depth information about ADHD it was just like all I understood was that I was misbehaving in school and I couldn't do my school work um and I actually got into therapy when I was like 14, 15. So that's like two years after the diagnosis. And um, I started having like bits of depression. And uh, like I started like using substances when I was young too. So my mom actually was like, maybe we should put you in therapy finally. Um, <laughs> and it did help me a little bit. Um, but I always struggle with medication. And I think that's because like, I have an OCD diagnosis too. So a lot of the medications I take really like counteract um, my symptoms and it's fucked up. Yeah. Being on a stimulant, I could see how uh, that would it happen. It drives me, uh, yeah, it drives my thoughts like 20 times more, but also stimulants really help me. But if I can find a way to like calm my thoughts down and have the stimulants, it's perfect but it's hard. <laughs> Were you medicated in childhood? Yeah. Um, I got medicated, uh, a little bit after my ADHD diagnosis. I got my first medication was Concerta. Um, yeah, it sucked. And then, uh, when I was 15, when they diagnosed me with depression, I got on Prozac and that was like even worse for me. So yeah, I wish I could say that like treatment and stuff went well for me as a kid, but it really didn't. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because of lack of research in the nineties. And, uh, just like, I didn't really have, my parents wanted me to get better, but they still just didn't understand it and didn't really research or anything, you know, where were you raised? Uh, I was in Norfolk, Virginia, so like all the way out on the East Coast. Uh, it's like a naval town. Uh, it's kind of still shitty there for like mental health resources, honestly. But that's yeah. kind of what I was wondering. Like, we are both born and raised in the Portland area, yeah. and the West yeah. Coast is very different in how they perceive mental illness. Yeah. I know. And that's what I'm discovering since I've moved here and I've been getting like pretty good treatment. I've still struggled with like medications and I'm like, you know, going on, like, I'm still trying to find my right dosage and stuff, but man, it, it's making a huge difference. And like, you know, there's been a lot of instability in my life because of ADHD and not receiving the proper treatment. But can yeah, you tell us about no. like tell us about that instability? Because we both have experienced a lot of instability in our like relationships. Yeah. Especially me at certain times in work because I have to like document everything and be on time to stuff. But what how has that impacted your work? Luckily for me, I uh I I've been in like I, I work in like subculture industries. So like I worked in piercing and tattooing for almost 10 years. So like being a 
forgetful shitbag is totally fine because yeah. everybody is, you know what I mean? So I think that I, I haven't really been impacted when it comes to like my career, or my job, because I've always done well in careers and jobs that were a little bit more loose. Um, yeah. But like when I was like working like in a corporate environment, um, like I was in, I was at us bank in the fraud department for like eight months. Um, and that was like, not only the most mentally taxing job I've ever had, cause it's so sad, but it's also one of the hardest jobs I've ever had to do because I, I can't, I don't remember anything. Um, yeah. you have to like write Absolutely. all these notes and all this, all this stuff. So it was, uh, that's when it was really like, Oh, Oh wow. I'm not. And I was like, am I built for a normal job? Like air quotes, you know, like, Oh my can gosh. I, can I do Thank a normal job? Like, and honestly, I've, I've come to the realization that like, no, I can't. Um, so like I'm a cook now I'm back in like, uh, okay. He's you know, a, sous chef. a sous chef, but whatever. I mean, I don't like saying that, but I've been doing that yeah. for like eight years of my life. Yeah. Dude. Like, I <laughs> like, mean, I can't do anything else. Well, I can do other things. Like I do do other things. But like when it comes to having like a manager and a boss, like I really struggle and uh, I don't know if it's the power dynamic, but my working memory is like so bad. Like I, it gets me written up at work sometimes, you know, um, there was this one time I got written up at work for, it was when I, I was a line cook at this old restaurant I worked at and I was also doing prep work. So wonderful recipe for an ADHD mistake, right? Uh, I'm going to like thaw out shrimp in the sink and I, I throw the sink uh, water on and I'm going back and like cooking stuff like on the line or whatever. Totally forget about it. And the whole kitchen gets flooded and my boss is pissed. It ruined the floor. Oh my God. <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah they were pissed um yeah that's a big doozy and then another time this is at my landscaping job I still do this but I only do it part part time now uh I forgot to clock into work like every single day yeah and they they're like what are you like doing like are you stealing like they for some reason think I'm like stealing hours off the clock or like I'm like, no, dude, I'm, I'm, my working memory is, my cognitive function is impaired. Come on. (laughs) I literally cannot clock into a job. Like I'm so lucky that I haven't had to clock into a job since I was like 17. That shit is so fucking hard. I'm so glad we're talking about clocking in because I am (laughs) the most simplest ever at my restaurant dude at my restaurant um i am single-handedly the reason that we have like we have like a like a clock in log so like a a missed time punch sheet we didn't have that before i started working there we have it now because both of the managers with the clock ins they were like what is what they're like you didn't clock in i'm like no they're like you didn't clock off i'm like no they're like it literally says you've been at work for 82 hours i'm like yeah yeah. So like we have like the missed time punch sheets at work now because I have literally missed probably, I don't know. I, I probably, I probably missed like, I miss a time punch, whether I'm clocking in or clocking out my first like 
two and a half years at that restaurant, probably like, Oh my gosh. I either yeah. didn't walk in or didn't walk out every day I worked. They're just like, Oh my God. But yeah. They're really sweet about it in the, like in the all staff meeting. They're like, yeah, we've had some issues with people not clocking in or out. And I'm just like, you're like, not us. <laughs> good things okay talent you're doing good things for other just, people like just, and i'm at work i'm like and i'm working and i'm there they're like did you clock on i'm like oh no mm, no <laughs> not me yeah our prep started at like 7 a.m so i roll in at like 6 50 i woke up at 6 40 like i you know i'm like no no i'm not i can't do that yeah, not me <laughs> i wake up I cannot just go to work. I have to have like an hour or two before I go to work. Cause if I just go to work, man, it's going to be a chaos. Cause the brain <laughs> like doesn't wake up. Yeah. Oh, um, man, so tell I, us about like what the instability in your life has looked like outside. Oh, of- instability. Yeah. Uh, I had work instability. Um, I still struggle with that sometimes, but um, I've had housing instability. Um, like, you know, relationship instability, uh, which has gotten a lot better over the years. I've been, you know, doing better with that. So that's nice. Uh, what else? I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I haven't really had too much instability in other areas of my life other than work relationships. Oh man, actually financial. Jesus Christ, I forgot about the the large amount of debt I've <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> are you like are you an overspender? You're an overspender? Like I used to be uh and I'm trying to get better about it and I actually like recently got um for the first time in my life, I didn't know I could do this. I got like a social worker and a case manager. And I'm actually working with an intensive care person and they help me get like a financial advisor or whatever. And um, <laughs> someone who can teach me how to spend money. Cause absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I have right. been an overspender in my life, but yeah. it's um, actually the main reason I went into debt was because of COVID and I got laid off for like eight months and I took out a lot of loans. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of like wrecked me a little bit financially. And then after I had debt, cause like before I had a little bit of debt and I could manage it. But after that, when I got like too much, I, I just lost control of it. And like, I had no idea how to, how to manage around it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, like our public school system doesn't really teach us like money management skills or like how to do our taxes or anything like that. It doesn't really prepare us to be, you know, adults in any way, shape or form, you know? So you you add like, like what's credit. Yeah. Like what's, what is that? What does that mean? How is that going to impact me for the rest of my life? And then you add, you know, like something like ADHD that is like that, that does cause so many like impairments and all of these, like, you know, working memory and all this like a cognitive function. And then you expect us to be able to manage our finances. And it's like, that's a lot to put on anyone, let alone somebody who is having some other things going on, you know? Yeah. It's like a real disability. And a lot of people, um, kind of, at least I've seen a lot of people kind of like, 
undermine ADHD and like, you know, it's invisible, they say, but it's like still it affects your life in every single way like you can think of, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh it's very very impactful, I would say. Yeah. Especially like yeah. I I think that like it's invisibility is like some of the, like some of the hardest things about it. Right. Like, because nobody can see it. So they're like, well, why can't you do this? Like, what, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, you're making it up, you're being dramatic, you're doing this, you're doing that. When really it's like, no, like I literally, like, I just, I cannot do this. It's not happening, you know? And that's where a lot of the shame and stuff comes in. And it's like, Oh, like you can't see that I have this disability, but you know, I'm not lying. I'm not lazy. Like, come on. A lot of people, a lot of people, you know, will shame you for just being the way you are. It's kind of fucked up. It's pretty fucked up, actually. It's so fucked up. We were actually like, we were like out at dinner the other night and I, someone like asked me a question and I gave an answer and then like, everybody was like silent for a second. And then someone made a joke to like overcompensate for the silence. Somebody meaning this guy right here. And I was like, in, I just felt this like flood of shame for my whole life being like the loud one or like the, the dramatic one or the one who could never sit still or the one who did too much. And it was just like flooding me because of all of those ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to ask you, um, just like how your ADHD kind of goes with your BPD. Cause like, I've always been curious. I actually date someone with BPD and she doesn't have ADHD, but I just have been learning a lot about BPD and how I would like to know how it interacts with you and stuff in your life. Oh my God. Well, first of all, I have to meet them. They have to be involved. <laughs> I mean, not really, but like, um, yeah. They're great. Yeah, they're great. Um, I love that you are learning about it because it's such a stigmatized mental illness that often people will be like, oh, you have BPD. I don't want to date you. So that's awesome. But for oh my me, gosh, yeah. Like my Same with OCD. totally. And I want to like have you talk about the intersection of those. But for me, the biggest way that they impact each other is that like when I can't do something because of my ADHD, it really exacerbates my emotion dysregulation. And I will get like very, very overwhelmed very quickly. And then like that makes me very suicidal or it makes me externalize in ways that are hard for people to be around. Or like the second that I can't do something, I feel like worthless. And then I'm like, I have to break up with everybody I love because like, why would anybody want to be with me? And then I run away from them and then we have to repair. So this guy can attest to that. Yeah. It sucks because, like, God, the shame in, like, ADHD, I can't even imagine with BPD. There's a lot of shame with OCD, too, and it's just more, like, is it, it's so interpersonal with, like, uh, like, BPD and ADHD. It's, like, so interpersonal. 
uh, I feel like with OCD and my ADHD, it's all like in my head uh, and it's all like internalized, just a narrative in my head. And uh, I'm actually like more inattentive than hyperactive, but I still have hyperactive traits because in some areas I do like, I really can hyper-focus and I'm like, I'm fidgety as hell. And yeah, but with the OCD, it actually makes me extremely inattentive and like unable to focus because of my intrusive thoughts. And my intrusive thoughts caused me to like just get in a cycle of thinking patterns that are like sometimes like, what the fuck? Why am I thinking like, like what? This doesn't make any sense. Like, it's not me. And I have to it's- imagine that like the. Because OCD has a very specific cycle, right? And so, like, I can imagine that getting in an ADHD loop enhances that cycle like crazy. Holy shit, it's fucking terrible. Uh, Like, it happens a lot with, um, like, if I lose my keys or if I'm, like, losing my phone, which is so awesome like often it's almost every day um it makes me get in this weird cycle where i start checking everything and i'll start checking if i like lock the door i start checking if i like turn everything off and it's it's just that's like a compulsion and honestly i don't really have a lot of compulsions behind my ocd it's more of uh my obsessions and stuff and my inattentiveness with adhd which causes me like yeah it if I'm like really stressed out and going through like a lot of really hard shit in my life then it's just like tenfold and it's so debilitating yeah because you literally can't focus on anything else I imagine oh absolutely not it's like um it's like the anxiety like that OCD causes me like is the worst like I'd say sometimes I feel like um the OCD like overrules my ADHD and that's like (laughs) because it makes me feel so much more crazy than my ADHD sometimes and like that's the honest truth like but with ADHD I feel like if I didn't have it then I could probably focus a lot more obviously and start things like I still have trouble starting things and focusing but with OCD and if I get caught in a loop of intrusive thinking then it's hard and yeah it makes me scared of like (laughs) oh man I like tell people like oh like how do you guys like not live with anxiety like I live like in fear almost like all day like come on (laughs) it sucks but yeah, uh, Talon's you know, best friend doesn't have anxiety, and we like don't get it. We're like, what the fuck? Yeah, she's like, how do you like? That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm like, like we we'll we'll go we'll go meet up with some people that we know, right? Like we've known for years. Like I've known I've known the people we're going to meet up with for like ten years, and I'm like, I'm stressed. I'm like, oh my god, you know, like what if they don't like me anymore? And like, what if, what, what if they don't? What if they only like invited me because they were being nice? They don't actually want me to go. And she's driving us there, and I'm like, oh my, god, I'm I'm like sweating. She's like, these people have been your friends for like ten. She's like, we have known these people 
for 10 years. And she's like, and you're still worried they don't like you. And I'm like, it all could be an elaborate yeah. ruse. This could be the long con. And, and this is the hangout where they tell me they fucking hate me. Like, it, I'm just ready for it. I'm yeah. sweaty thinking about it. Yeah, Aww, she, has, she has no, so yeah, she has no anxiety. And so, and she's just, she's just over there driving, listening to music. What a life. Yeah. She's just like, can she, you imagine? Yeah. She's just living her best life. Yeah. She's just like, she's, she always says it's quiet in here. Points to her head and goes, it's quiet in here. Oh my God. This shit is so, so loud. loud. <laughs> so fucking loud. It's so loud. I can't even imagine a quiet brain. Well, sometimes I have it and it's really nice. <laughs> oh man. Helen, uh, tell me about your ADHD. My ADHD um, is, uh, so like we did the, what you did that, that thing with me. The ADHD self-reporting. Yeah. Thing. We did the self-reporting to just get a general baseline or whatever. Um, uh, I am equal yeah, I did attentive see that. and hyperactive. Um, and it is, what did you say? You're off the charts. Yeah. I'm off the charts. I yeah. scored off the charts. So uh, yes, that's how I feel. Um, it's it's interesting in that like I don't know. I always thought when I was like little and like when I was just like whatever that everybody felt this way and everybody was struggling the way I was struggling and the way like I was raised and like the upbringing that I had was like very like strict and it was very regimented and it was very like schedule and time based. And I think looking back mm. on that, it's because my mom had two kids with ADHD. And like, you know, you said like in the nineties, yeah. there wasn't any research. My parents were in the camp of like, we're not medicating our kids. We're not taking them to a psychologist to get them diagnosed. We're not doing that. Like you're just hyperactive. That's terrible. Yeah. You just need to focus. And this is what we're going to do. Um, so like need some discipline. Yeah. And I, and I had discipline and my mom for as whatever I thought she was like, looking back, I'm like, no, like she, my mom was like, my mom was like cheating my ADHD. She's like, all right. Like, she's like, okay. Like as soon as you sit down, you stop doing anything. She's like, so like, we're going to go home. She's like, you're not going to sit down. She's like, you're going to go, you're going to shower. You're going to go brush your teeth. You're going to go do all this shit before like we even do anything else. She was very good about like, you know, getting, getting things done, but I didn't have any emotional support, which is like very much mm -hmm. what I needed as a yeah, kid. Same. Um, and like, you know, you know how it affects you socially. Like all I ever wanted was for people to like me and to be able to relate to people. And I've always struggled with that. And that's why I make yeah. inappropriately timed jokes that are not, um, yeah not good, not, not good jokes, but it's because it's one of those things where I like use humor to deflect that. I'm that I said something odd. Or that, yeah. That I stand out, you know? So it's uh what do you mm -hmm. call that? A maladaptive co coping skill. Like yeah. I, I use humor yeah. a way to, you know, take the focus off of the fact that I just said something fucking weird and everyone's like, <laughs> Which is an ADHD impulse. Yeah, because I can't control the words that are coming out of my mouth. Yeah. I, I don't do a good mm -hmm. job of like controlling the way I say things or how I say things. It's all very like abrupt and like delivered in a way and and that I, I come off as like rude or like aloof or um have you ever been uh have you ever talked to a doctor if if you feel like it uh is like super abrupt like 
you know, a lot of ADHD people actually have like slight Tourette's or not a lot of them, but it could be like a thing, you know, I actually have a lot of friends with ADHD that also uh, have Tourette's and, you know, it's not like the Tourette's you see in, you know, the movies. True it's life. Like, yeah, true true life, life, I have Tourette's. Tourette's. Yeah, we were just talking about true life today. Not, oh my God. Yeah, I remember that. That, that show. That show is wild. Oh, man. It's so sad. Because it's like, it's, oh, it's true life. It must be like this. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I haven't. Um, I'm like, I'm in therapy and we do like, we do a lot of DBT stuff, like skills-based nice. stuff, um, which helps me my like delivery and like my the way i like am with people i have like what radically accepted that that's just kind of how i am and like the people who like me like me and the people who don't like me don't like me and i'm very okay with the people who do not like me i'm like you know what that's great i'm not everybody's cup of tea i'm not your flavor that's totally okay with me like i have like a really solid set of human beings i've known for a long time and they're just like that's just, that's just how you are. And we love you anyway. So I'm like, perfect. That's what I need in my life. I need, I need people to, yeah, that's what I need. I don't need everyone to like me, which is a tough lesson to learn when you're 10 years old and want everyone to like you. But now is, you know, almost 34. Man. You know. But like, the cute- I've had some, I've had some friends that I've had for like 15 years, you know, it's crazy to me. Um, We were just, saying like I'm the only one that doesn't have friends I've had for like 20 years and he was like yeah that's PD. I'm like well yeah <laughs> yeah oh that's so funny yeah I've been learning a lot about BPD it's been fun yeah. I like it tell us it's, what you I know like, I don't know a lot it's like uh it it sounds really hard like I literally just started learning more about it and I know it's like has a lot to do suicide is a big part of it which is pretty scary um and it can affect like i know it can affect relationships in a big way um with like how you feel about people and your emotions and how how you perceive things yeah which is just like you know emotional dysregulation and perception but yeah I can't imagine with ADHD though. Like, <laughs> it's a everything it's a, is so much hard. ADHD, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's a fucking roller coaster. But I am the most important thing in my life above anything else. Maybe even above my dog is my recovery, and everything that I do is consistent with like me maintaining my recovery. So like any relationship I have at this point in my life has to be safe. It has to be a person that I can practice vulnerability with. It has to be a person that I can use my skills with and teach my skills. I have to get my movement in. I have to nap every day. Like I have built my life literally around how I regulate my emotions and that is the only way that I am pretty successful with managing my BPD symptoms and my ADHD symptoms and like learning that I had ADHD so late in life 
looking back, everything makes sense now because I was very chaotic, like very chaotic. And I had behavior that was like emotionally very abusive towards people and like verbally very aggressive towards people. And, um, a lot of self-harm in multiple ways. And all of those things after I got my ADHD diagnosis and properly treated my ADHD have completely gone away. Mm -hmm. Self-harm is still always kind of like a weird, I don't like self-harm in the traditional sense any longer, but yeah, Yeah. I, I work really hard to regulate it. Yeah, I've kind of struggled with self-harm in the past and stuff like that with my mental illness and stuff. Um, and that's pretty tough. Um, yeah. Self-harming disorders with, like, ADHD is is pretty common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I am going to be really excited to follow how your guys' situationship, relationship, dating experience goes, given the, like... The two BPD and ADHD definitely are really common with co-occurring, but like they don't go hand in hand very well because they just dysregulate the fuck out of each other. And then your OCD diagnosis, I can imagine Mm -hmm. there's just like a lot of dynamics going on. It's hard. Yeah. And that's like, we don't really see each other too often. That's a big part of it. Cause like, um, Hey, we're still like really getting to know each other and trying to learn more about each other, but we've already had like small conflicts and, uh, in a way that kind of circles around our like mental illness and stuff. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's very, Alan like, just looked at me with like the most telling can, what was that? Tell us what that little look was. I mean, warriors <laughs> like ADHD and BPD like dysregulate each other and you and I have had very minor like things that we've already had to like navigate around. Like, totally. I'm, you know, I'm not, like I said before, I'm not, I'm not gentle in the way I deliver information sometimes and you prefer a gentle delivery. So we've yes. had to like, I've had to like learn to be more gentle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am, I am a snowflake. No, I am a snowflake. It's okay. I'm very sensitive and I need a lot of softness. So he has definitely had to learn that. But on the other hand, I have had to learn how to, like you talked about, like how you were missing, like a lot of emotional support in Mm -hmm. childhood and Talon really like really needs like, um, an emotional, like closeness Mm -hmm. and like a physical closeness that I, as a person who's avoidantly attached runs the fuck away from. And so it's been helpful for me to learn to like stay close Mm -hmm. and give that. So we're growing growing and learning every day. That's awesome. Good for you too. That's awesome. Yay. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it all out and it's been nice learning more about it. And, you know, it is nice to like feel close to somebody that also has the same struggle uh, at least as far as ADHD goes, well, mental illness, I'd say we BG has like a lot of comorbids such as like depression, anxiety. So, you know, we all relate 
in some form and like man I can really empathize with people and <laughs> I don't know about you guys but my my emotional like dysregulation is kind of funny sometimes I will cry at the drop of a hat I am such a fucking baby like it, like when it comes to really really good news or like you know the simplest like sad thing I cry at movies like I don't know my eyeballs are pretty leaky like all the time I feel like I cry all the time Talon has seen me cry a lot yeah I used to cry all the time but then I started testosterone and that just kind of got rid of that um nice frustrating um because I'm I never thought like I would miss crying I miss it I miss like that it's soothing yeah, it is. Um, I still get like choked up. Like I well up and I get all like, you can hear it in my throat and everything, but like actually like physically crying does not happen to me very often. And when it does, it's like super quick and then it's so quick and then it stops and it's, it's a hundred percent testosterone. Cause yeah, like before I started T, I, uh, yeah, I would just cry at the drop of a hat. Like I, yeah, I still have all those feelings and all those emotions are there, but I just, they don't come out in that way anymore. Like I almost, <laughs> Like I welled up, I got all choked up at the pharmacy yesterday because the lady was not, we were not communicating about what needle size I needed. And I was so frustrated and I was very upset. And she was just like looking at me and I was just looking at her and I was like, I'm going to go. So, oh my um, God, I'm so glad I wasn't there. Cause I would have been like, you (laughs) need to get the right needle immediately. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'll make it work. I'll make it. Don't worry. I'm fine. I'll make it work. And and I did make it work. So yeah. Sometimes that. Oh, that's funny. How long have you been on T for? Um, I've been on T for seven years. Seven years uh, last month. So awesome. Yeah, it's wild. There's a lot of queerness in the ADHD and the spectrum. Um, a lot of awesome. uh, Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of AFAB people um don't get an ADHD diagnosis until sometimes they transition because of the way AFAB symptoms present versus, you know, in, in, you know, DMAP people. So, well, and testosterone has made your symptoms worse. Yes, it has. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, um, my hyperactivity is like quite a bit worse. I would say that's the one that's the most like palpable, um, yeah. Like my fidgeting and my like inability to sit still and stuff like that. And just feeling like I need to just go and go and go and go and go, um, is thousand times worse than starting tea. Um, mm-hmm. and like my inability to like sleep through the night, super bad. Um, yeah. And I used, definitely used to be like way more inattentive, way more forgetful. That's still a thing. That's the same, but like all of my hyperactivity symptoms are are quite a bit more palpable. Uh, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's hard too, like when, you know, you're little and again, my parents not super big on the therapy and stuff. And my parents very much like, we're like, don't, don't do that. You're being weird. So it's like, what, what is coming back because I'm an adult and I can like, I can stim, I can do things that are self-soothing to me now. Like, you know, yeah. how much of that was buried and now I'm unburying it with therapy and I'm like just allowing myself to exist in a space that's free of judgment, you know, like yeah. it's, it's all about that safe space. Yeah. And like giving yourself a safe space. Like I think I was probably the most judgmental person to me. And like letting go of a lot of that, like, oh, don't be weird has been very like freeing and just being like, yeah, you know, it's really, oh, sorry. Uh, you know, it's been really helpful 
for me about that kind of mindset and stuff is hypnotherapy. It's like a, a way that like, first off, whenever I do it, like my hypnotherapist like will conk me out. I just will like fall asleep, but I can still hear her. But usually it's like all about mindset for me. And you can do it for like trauma. You can do it for grief. You can do it for like so many different things. But my, I have a huge issue with like negative self-talk and I try to like always try to have my mindset right, especially since I'm a competitor and an athlete. Because if I don't have a like my good mindset, then I'm not going to do well, you know? Um, but yeah, it's like my hypnotherapist will hear me talking about like what I want and what my goals are. And like she'll ask me like what kind of things I say to myself and you know it's pretty vulnerable uh but it's been really nice and it's helped me so much with my mindset so what advice do you have for anyone listening who has ADHD well if you think you have ADHD you should definitely go try to get tested somewhere go get treatment um if you're struggling with ADHD I think you know Seeing a professional will really help. If you feel like you need meds, then definitely go get checked out and find what works for you. Um, You know, whether it be, you know, video games or exercising, like whatever kind of activity that draws you in, like just go for it and keep doing it. Because, you know, if you keep doing it, you're sticking to something and a lot of us ADHD people cannot fucking stick to anything. So it says a lot if you're sticking to something, <laughs> you know? Totally. That makes a lot of sense. Um, do you have any final words or thoughts or ideas or questions for the pod? Um, I don't know. I'm just really grateful. You know, thanks for having me on. I feel like I could talk about ADHD forever. Like, and it's really nice to have peers and people to talk to you about it. Um, it's a huge part of my recovery too. So I really appreciate being on the show and, uh, thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah. Well, and for us too, it's like having queer peers Yeah, changes the game, right? Yeah. There's nothing like someone knowing, <laughs> knowing you without knowing you just based on like, shared oh my God. you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Having, being neurodivergent and queer is like a whole different thing. I feel like it's, it's, a whole nother struggle in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about being behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk about, uh, yeah. The, the loss of our, our childhood, you know, yeah. Gosh. I heard you guys last episode. Oh my gosh. The, everything you were talking about, like being queer and young and ADHD was like, so right. Yeah. Like, just tomboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I found this family photo from back in the day me like at like ew this doesn't age well but this is like the 90s at Mount Rushmore and I have like this backwards ball cap and this like awful like chin length hair and like boys clothes on and I'm just like how did everybody tell me I was a boy crazy little girl because like (laughs) come on yeah me too I think I had the same yeah (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't at Mount Rushmore, but same outfit for sure. Yeah. Hey, well, we're all just a bunch have, of cuties. 
Yeah. You have to let me know when you're going to be in Portland, we're going to actually get together. It's going to happen. My schedule is getting less crazy. So, um, yeah, anytime you're here, come, come through and I want to come watch you coach or, or compete. That would be cute. Yeah. I'm competing in Portland in December. Uh, but I'll probably be up there sooner. Yeah. (laughs) I want to come hang out with you for sure. Yes. We're hanging out 100%. We're going to get coffee or whatever. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do cool things. Okay. My thank friend, well, thank you yeah, so thank much. You. This was so fun. I cannot wait to have this go live. Hi friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the bold, beautiful borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey and we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.